0: been a pretty pretty normal week. I've had a few really late nights, but I've been sleeping in a wee bit to make up for it as well. So.
1: Oh good. We're doing all right. Well, I was uh, unable to sleep in on Monday and Tuesday because we were doing some sessions with people in Cape Town. Oh, and in The Gambia. Oh, The Gambia, yeah. Which is the first time I've ever worked with someone in The Gambia. Yeah, yeah. Basically, now not to start the rumors that I'm starting a military coup in Rwanda, but they are pitching the people we were working with are pitching right. for a new security system to help the government of Rwanda uh, repel the oh. intrusions on their borders oh. from DRC rebels. What? And uh, it's, it's costing the Rwandan economy something like 7.5% in GDP every year, James. Wow. <laughs> Talking $20 million a like, day. What?
0: <laughs> what earth are you having to deal with any of this. Right, well,
1: exactly, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) they come to us and like, hey, how's this pitch for the Rwandan president? And I'm like, okay, yep. Um... Here are my notes. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, so that's been happening. I've been helping shape international security policy this week. You actually
0: have. That's the the fun part, is that you actually have. It's not an exaggeration. (laughs) It's like, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. How did that happen? I
1: don't know. Just a com- well actually I do know, in that we did some work for a company in Spain. Right. And then the, one of the people we trained was so impressed that she went home to her partner, and it turns out her partner works for this company. Right. And she was like, Hey, if you guys are ever looking for some presentation/slash media training, okay. You should get in touch with these guys. Yeah. And they did at the start of this year, and now we're overthrowing African governments.
0: <laughs> well, no, you're 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 helping people sorry, sorry, helping. defend against the overthrow. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, depending on the government is either a good thing or a bad thing.
1: But it's also the fact that they're pitching for, you know, you know their pitch to the Rwandan president includes an ask of, oh, by the way, installing this system is going to cost you about $7 million. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, right, yeah, that's fine. I got paid 250 quid for today's session. That's
0: fine. <laughs> it's totally worth it. So that was crazy. Lesson for me is that you don't even need to. You didn't even need to do like... Targeted ads in the the Gambia to get this uh, lucrative business. You just, you just, your name recognition alone.
1: Well, yeah, I'm gonna be confident and say it was clearly just off the reputation I've built. Wow, over my short career so far. In reality, it was just someone was did a session, was so impressed that she told her man in Madrid, and then he
0: organised everything else, and there we are in the Gambia. That's big steps. That's 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 huge. Like, what's the biggest thing I've done this week? Is is Edit a video that took maybe more than two hours. It got it got some views. <laughs> oh, well, that's good.
1: Better than none or one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you got plural views. Great. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, what else I did this week in terms of highlights? You know, as well as R- uh, Rwandan presidents, I uh, had a McMuffin. Had two McMuffins for the first time in probably years. Wow. Yeah. How are those? those going? Yeah, they were great. I had. a thought you know what? I've, I should really have these
0: more often. I mean, I know they're you know. Two bites away from a heart attack, but they're still tasty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all—it's all about how how much you eat. Like more often, sure. Too often, bad. So, just take care. You know, you know what? I've remembered the other drama I had this week. Okay. So on my little uh, Diddy stream, I am affiliate, by the way. I'm not a complete failure. Okay. Um, affiliate Diddy. i, I I've, I've 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 since the start of this year decided to put fifty percent of all stream revenue to charity because it's tiny money. I don't need it. Yep. Um, It's just supplementary income on top of my normal job. So I'm putting 50% of it to charity. The rest of it's kind of like, I'm holding it just in case the taxman asks for it. And if he doesn't, the rest goes to charity too. Great. So I set the counter to, to zero at the start of every month. And then as the money comes in, I indicate how much we've raised. Um, the first amount of money I made this month was two cents from ad, ad revenue. <laughs> two cents. <laughs> and I struggled to decide if it was better to change the ticker to be we're sending one cent to charity or to leave it at zero so I'd feel less bad. <laughs> I would say go with the
1: zero because donating one cent to charity is almost insulting or there is insulting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I thought, too, I'm I'm guaranteed to not to reach some money by the end of the month. I've got I've got monthly. OK, there's good. just that's all towards the end of the month.
1: I do believe I am actually
0: one of your contributors. So good to know that half my money is going to charity. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Um, well, half of it goes to Bezos and then half of the stuff that goes to me goes to charity. <laughs> all right.
1: So a quarter of it is going to you. A quarter is going to the
0: charity. Well, technically I said revenue. I said revenue. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, I, I did. I did actually end up changing it to the one because I asked my I asked my discord and they they voted accordingly okay (laughs) so so please come to my stream and and like I don't know donate a little bit of money (laughs) to make my charity (laughs) tickers seem a bit more optimistic
1: (laughs) yeah please do that you can do that at fearjame or twitch dot slash TV slash Twist? I don't know. Twist.tv slash Fair Jim. There yeah. we go. Okay. Well, James, just, just before we start the show properly, my last piece of drama, because this is an interesting uh, an interesting one, was that I did my first uh, radio advert here in Scotland, which is great. Oh, I've done uh, some TV stuff before and obviously lots of news stuff in the past, but this was a, yeah. an actual advert for a. Where um, is it? Were you advertising like security defenses or something? <laughs> no, it's actually Wi Fi. It's called oh, oh well. Go Go Fibre, and it's oh. only for people in the Scottish borders at this point. As we talked about in the show last week, Go Fibre.
0: Yeah, Go Fibre.
1: But the problem or the wrinkle that's happened now is that... <laughs> well, the poos aren't wrinkly, that's what. <laughs> absolutely, they're looking firm. Is that they've put their script... They sent the advert to essentially the, uh, like the Ofcom body who approve the adverts, and be like, okay, that advert is good. It's not breaking any laws. That advert is
0: not a lie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so the,
1: the the contact I had wrote back to me and uh, showed me the email that she'd received, which said, you need to have some evidence if you're going to say you've got in, uh, uninterrupted speeds of a gigabyte uh, per second. Right. And she said, Colin, can you help me here? We don't have any evidence of this. How are you supposed to help? Uh, well, okay, well, that's the first issue. But the second issue is, after a little bit of a discussion, it's become clear that they don't actually have any evidence at all that their Wi-Fi can do this. It's just something they
0: say because it sounds impressive. Yeah, no, the Wi-Fi, you can't guarantee that. You, you can't guarantee that.
1: So at that point, and I know we've discussed this before, do you continue to work for somebody or, or sell
0: things for somebody if you know what they're selling is patently false? I mean, as long as Ofcom keeps telling them to tell the truth, you should be fine. They'll have to prove their like. This is the the UK's advertising rules are pretty good right. in terms of what isn't isn't allowed. So eventually, it will be true.
1: So for for example, in the rest of that script, in the rest of that script, they asked to take out another phrase, which was "take that slow Wi-Fi," because Ofcom slash regulator said that could be perceived as a jibe towards their rivals. I thought, wow, you are not allowed to do that. There's a lot of in-depth perception
0: from four words. But yeah, apparently you could. I'm pretty sure I've seen adverts ripping into other brands (laughs) indirectly. Uh, Maybe Radio View adverts have different rules. But anyway, my suggestion
1: instead of their, here we're going to give you a gigabyte a second, was we'll give you an out-of-this-world experience. (laughs) Oh no. Which, (laughs) because it's unquantifiable (laughs) what out-of-this-world means, is fine. (laughs) So there we go. Advert is now streaming or playing on Radio Borders. I mean, yeah, no, it's better than... We'll give you probably consistently good Wi-Fi. We'll maybe provide a service that allows
0: you to occasionally watch a YouTube video. You can usually upload and download at the same time so long as not everybody's on at once okay well you should
1: be and could well be streaming this episode right now this is seesaw parade episode 240 james we are edging closer towards the big 250 i tell you that is the milestone yeah man that's the retirement that is (laughs) yes i'm colin almost at retirement and he is james not yet there why come I'm at a different
0: level of almost a retirement if we're talking about podcast episodes?
1: Because you told us earlier you uh, had two cents that you were deciding whether to keep or donate to charity. So
0: oh, true, true, true. I'll have a little uh, extra time on this. On this.
1: Once uh, you're at the stage of uh, pitching to presidents, then, you know, then we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. This is the longest running... Scottish Entertainment Podcast, your new favourite podcast, the least old podcast with the longest season one, <laughs> yeah. and the longest intro mm-hmm. of any
0: podcast you'll ever listen to, based in Scotland. Yeah, and I'm really glad that Ofcom doesn't care about what we claim. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. My goodness, we would get shut down after, for the, the first ep- the Ten minutes of the first episode, which I do not <laughs> recommend you listen to, it's terrible. Oh no, we should delete those. I don't know if I can, uh, can I?
0: I mean, we yeah, just we probably should keep them for posterity. Well, we can download the files and then resend them out to people on specific requests, like you know the government does, <laughs> you know, freedom informa- information requests <laughs> for
1: podcast episodes. I'll tell you, I, I find out next week if I've got the board in a Gallic job. Sorry, the smorgasbord in a Gallic job, because of course I can't is. tell you who it was I applied for. <laughs> so uh, you're going
0: to like bleep your first <laughs> your first one
1: there? Well, no, it's fine. Nobody listens. It's fine. So. <laughs> So I then have to decide if I, for example, if they say, hey, we'd like you to join, like maybe at that point is when we do delete all the episodes prior to the one we put out every single week. And then after one week's up and we put out the latest episode, we delete
0: the previous one. So that way- Oh, we're going to be one of those really, really, really uh, superficial podcasts.
1: Well, we, we, we could be, we could be, but then people would be like, 245 episodes, I don't believe you. Where's the previous 244?
0: I'd say, on my hard drive, you're never seeing them. To be fair, if you ever did get a job that required a little bit more care on the internet, we would have to ask ourselves some questions. This is true.
1: Oh, certainly. But this is, as I say, I am confident. This will come back to bite me. I'm
0: confident that things I've said we've said on the podcast are fine. They're fine. Well, we frame everything as opinion, and opinion is generally accepted legally. It's protectable, protectable. It is protected under fair comment. And the
1: opinions we're usually espousing are, or have been largely in the last few years, against Donald Trump. And if anyone out there decides that actually, no, they don't like the fact that we've said mean things about Donald Trump, then you shouldn't be listening in the first place.
0: What on earth are you still doing here? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Okay, well, if you would like to get in touch with the show, you can do... But thanks for being here. Oh, yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate, really appreciate it. At Seesaw Parade on Twitter or seesawparade at gmail.com. Tell you, uh, James, I was listening to a new podcast this week. How dare you. Which um Which shall remain nameless, but they were offering, because it was a brand new podcast, they were offering right. prizes for people who emailed in, like things that they would actually send out. As a reward really? for emailing. Yeah. That's that's some high effort. <laughs> that's what I thought. But then I was thinking, are we missing something? Should we no. be rewarding people for tweeting or emailing?
0: No, people don't get like physical reward from us for doing basic internet things. <laughs> you get to interact with us. That's the appeal. If you don't think that's appealing, then don't email. Easy. Oh, there we go.
1: Okay, mine made up. Don't give away stuff on podcasts, people. You should be there for the journey, and for the enjoyment, <laughs> not for free stuff. Not like
0: maybe, like we could start a Patreon, and if you subscribe to the Patreon at five quid a month, we will give you a sticker.
1: I, I genuinely don't think anybody would pay for our Patreon. No, and as much as I know, and I really appreciate everybody who listens, no one's going to pay for this. No, I wouldn't ask them to. This isn't <laughs> a, this isn't a product of value. But but I see people who... I'm sorry, this is a very long intro. (laughs) I see people who have Patreons for uh, Twitch yeah, streams yeah, yeah. and for other things. And I watch them and think, why are you, people are paying for this people because you're famous. Yeah. Because, for example, you're the drummer of a well-known metalcore band. Yeah, yeah. And despite the fact everything you say is incredibly boring and you just play Valorant for five hours at a time with mm. banal commentary
0: and people pay you for that. People do. What? Once you've got to transcend in so that you become the product, not the things you say or do, right? We haven't transcended that yet. We, 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 we are not products. No, we're, we're no Jake Paul. Exactly. I wouldn't really want to be. That guy's scum. But, but,
1: right, but he is the epitome of someone who people listen to him because he's Jake Paul, yes. as opposed to, wow, his podcast has got such great, insightful content.
0: Yeah. Actually, I haven't listened to it. Maybe it's maybe it's the best podcast uh, around. Yeah, you never well,
1: know. Uh, talking of insightful content, shall we start the show?
0: Yes. Really bigging this one up. Welcome to minute 40 of episode uh, <laughs> 240. <laughs> Only 200 minutes to go wait we should do that (laughs) absolutely not
1: (laughs) okay let's start off on a much more serious note Nicola Sturgeon and Alex Salmon, that has been the headlines in Scotland this week. And UK-wide. Oh, absolutely. BBC have been going to town on this one. They loved it. For our international listeners, you'll just have to bear with us for a second. So this is the news that the first minister of Scotland, the most senior politician in the country, appeared in front of a government committee for eight hours. Eight hours. To answer questions about her government's uh, handling of harassment complaints against her predecessor, the, uh, yeah, the former, former First, First Minister, Minister, Alex Salmond, who, to give you the, the context, had been accused of 13 different counts uh, of ranging from sexual harassment to attempted rape, in which he was cleared. And now the fallout is all about how her government handled it. So Alex Salmond... Uh, the
0: mishandling of it all, yeah.
1: Yes, indeed. So there's some things that, factually... The government got horrendously wrong, so I'm going to, I'm going to be dotting here about and here there and everywhere. So please interject at any point. Oh boy! The first thing to say is uh, just before Nicholas Sturgeon appeared in front of this committee, John Swinney, who is the deputy leader of the SNP, announced that they would be releasing the legal advice that the Scottish government received in relation to the court case with Alex Salmond. Yeah. Now, the government had, uh, or rather, the opposition parties had voted. On three occasions, sorry, two occasions (laughs) to get this legal advice released so they can see what the lawyers actually said. Yeah. And it was only when the opposition threatened to give a vote of no confidence to Mr. Swinney that he said, oh, okay, I'll I'll probably release this, this legal advice. I'll do it. So third time of asking, releases the legal advice in which it says... The lawyers told the Scottish government, do not pursue this case, you're going to lose. Indeed. So
0: was it a waste of UK, Scottish money to do
1: it? They they had serious misgivings about the case and the the fact that information and evidence was being withheld, blah, 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 blah. And two months later, the Scottish government decided, you know what, let's maybe stop pursuing this case. But at that point, most people estimate the costs were between half a million to a million pounds of taxpayers' money. So that is... Yeah. A fact. That is something that happened. Indeed. The other aspects of this include one of the I want to say the lead or the head of the civil civil service who told Alex Salmond the name of the person who had complained about him
0: yeah. in terms of the sexual assault. No, wait, no. Um, yeah, no. So we know who leaked that to Salmon.
1: Right. So so the name the name was shared. Yeah. And that obviously is completely unacceptable, maybe illegal, I don't know, but the, the name of the complaint was shared. The accusation is that potentially this was a deliberate move. Right. Okay. That's that's another one. So then there's another question, which is where Nicola Sturgeon comes in, which was, did she break the ministerial code? This is the most serious allegation for her. And this focuses on when did she find out that the government was investigating Mr. Salmond? She told, the, yeah. she told Parliament that, first of all, she heard about it on the 2nd of April in 2018. Indeed, yeah. But then it emerged that there was actually another meeting... Four days previously on the 29th of March. Four whole days. When it was claimed she was told mm-hmm. the details. Now, it, as you say, it is a matter of days, but. Indeed, a lie is a lie. If Miss Sturgeon knew what the second meeting was about, she would have known it was government business and she should have then reported it to civil servants at the time, but she didn't.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: So Mr. Samad is accused, Miss um, Sturgeon, and this is getting complicated, I know, has, has said that she is guilty of. Several breaches of the ministerial code, in which she denies.
0: Yeah, and then the BBC reported it as him saying that she should quit, which was a lie on the BBC's part. He didn't say that.
1: Right. So, to me, James, there's a, there's a couple of issues to raise. First of all, okay. Before we talk about the fact that Miss Surgeon did sit for eight hours in front of a committee, which is Absolutely. unheard of. And you would not see that in Westminster at all. Yeah, she did a whole democracy thing. She did. Although some of her answers I was unconvinced by, but we'll get to that. Well, that's that's just
0: standard practice. Indeed.
1: Obfuscation and uh, steering clear of... Mild forgetfulness. (laughs) Right. So, with regards to the dates, either she genuinely forgot, which to me I am... uh,
0: Okay. She doesn't seem like the forgetful
1: type. Nope. Or she purposely kept it to herself and lied to government.
0: Right. Either way, not great. Yeah, but also either way, it's it's just two people verbally saying two different things and there's no actual yeah. evidence exactly. in either direction. So what can you do?
1: Which is what most of this whole affair rests on. Because we've dealt with, you know, Salmon has been cleared of those uh, alleged allegations. He's been cleared of the allegations in court, but by his own admission, <laughs> His behavior was
0: bad. It was, inappropriate. it was highly inappropriate. Indeed, he has admitted that much.
1: Yeah, I, I believe at the time, his even his lawyer in summing up said, what Mr. Salmon did was foolish, but it wasn't criminal. Yeah, basically. Which is, again, hardly the best explanation, but it's the one that they went with, and that's why he got cleared. So this is all about the fallout of how the
0: government handled it, and they did handle it very, very badly. But there was no good way to handle it, though. Okay, how, how so? This is the part that everybody's forgetting. And some of Nicola's answers touched on this in that a lot of the decisions they made about like keeping the case going were because if they didn't, it would have been seen as doing their friend a favor and trying to like quell the story and hush it all up. Yep. So if they didn't go hard enough everybody be like SMP corrupt because they're letting off their friend of being a creep and then if they didn't go if they went too hard it's SMP corrupt because they're trying to bring down their former leader and it's like eh, yeah it's really hard to to just crack that balance right in the middle which is what I think Nicola was trying to say a lot and while she wasn't convincing the only thing I came out convinced of is that there is literally no evidence <laughs> Of anything, so this was a waste of this is was a waste of of everybody's time uh, in terms of how much we've all thought about it and been told about it and had stories shoved down our eyes about it because nobody was providing any actual evidence. It was all just somebody saying a thing and then somebody saying a thing yep. and then somebody else saying a thing and then. Alex Simon was supposed to just have some bombshell evidence, and it was just him saying things.
1: So, so this was the thing, yeah. He was he was talking about this, or rather, at his hearing, which was about five days earlier, he had this folder in front of him, and it was like Schrodinger's folder. Yeah, you know, he never took out what it was, but as long as it stayed in the folder, it was like, oh, this could, this could be it. It could be the bombshell. But nope, all he did was talk. And the thing is, Mr. Salmond is a good orator. Like, he speaks very well and he's very commanding. He speaks
0: well. And he does. People uh, were convinced.
1: As we have referred to him in the past, he is a good politician. Indeed. As in, (laughs) you know what I mean? A friend of Donald Trump. Right. So, he, uh, as part of his evidence, had alleged there was a malicious plot against him to put him in prison. Yeah. And Miss Sturgeon was like, no, that's
0: absurd, that's that's mental. And that's it. Basically, he's like, I say this, and then Sturgeon's like, I say this, and then it's like, yep. oh, okay, great, moving on. Uh, there was other aspects, which
1: was uh, accusations that the harassment policy was unfit for purpose, uh, that the leadership in terms of the legal aspects of the Scottish government should all be resigning, the taxpayers' money that all went to waste, and uh, also did the government leak any sensitive information yourself, as you, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. But James, one thing I would like to touch on, or rather two things I'd like to touch on.
0: I've got one as well, so let's go okay. you first.
1: First one being the buzz about this story. And you this is my own. Everybody. One. Oh, did I steal your point?
0: I'm very sorry. No, uh, no, you said it better than I would have. Okay. It was it was everybody
1: was sticking oh, their oh oar in this story. Goodness. It was it was a pylon. It on. was everywhere. It couldn't escape. And and it was before it even happened. So you had of course the BBC who went in so
0: hard on this story as every, well as every chance they could find. Andrew Neil really liked this one until it happened and then he's not really <laughs> said anything since. So so that to me is a reflection of, of a couple of things. The first one
1: being there is an election coming up in Scotland in a couple of months time. And for the opposition this was their chance to essentially do as much damage as they possibly could to the SNP who have been in power now in Scotland for 13 years. Yeah, And if it's a chance for them to tarnish Nicholas' Teflon-coated armour,
0: then by Jove, they're going to give it a shot. And they certainly did. And they get, they did. They really tried their best to ask the same few questions thousands of times.
1: Yeah, and you also had the likes of Myrtle Fraser, who is a, a Tory MSP, who asked if Nicholas Sturgeon would be apologising on behalf of Alex Salmon for his behaviour. Yes. And I thought, this is the point we've got to where... yeah. A politician is asking a woman politician to apologize for the actions of a man who, in his own words, acted incredibly inappropriately. Yeah. And Murder Fraser did not ask Alex Salmon to apologize when he had the chance to yeah. five days earlier. So this was, exactly. in my mind, political opportunism at its finest. Yeah. And the committee hearing of Sturgeon... And of course, there were problems both with the questions being asked. And also, I was unconvinced with what she said. But ultimately, it's political theater. It's something It's something for the- It was all
0: meaningless. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It, it's not any sort of groundbreaking bombshell accusations and evidence yeah. being put forward. It's people talking simply for the- Yeah. Uh, as, a, as I say, it's the theater of it. It's so people can write yeah. their headlines and get the clicks and the content and the coverage. Yeah. And that, to me, just- by the end of the day, I was I was bored. I was finished with it because nothing
0: yeah. had happened. I, I, I would I would say the whole thing had to happen. I am absolutely delighted that it did. That it that it that we've done this whole accountability thing. That's that's democracy in practice. What didn't have to happen was, as you say, all the opportunism, and it wasn't just from politicians. It was from every single media outlet who's slightly biased against either whatever. They choose to be Scottish independence, the SNP in general, yep. just Scotland in general. For some of them, um, there was this pile on of headline after headline and opinion after opinion that is anti whatever Sturgeon must resign right now before she even like goes to see the committee, um, and it's the same people who like a week a week before that when it's found out that the government itself of the UK had had acted out with the law. Did nothing. Yeah, they they took four hours to report it after it happened. They weren't preempting it at all. It's this absolute insane imbalance between how hard one thing was getting reported and how easily the other thing is getting ignored, and that's not what aboutism. It's a direct comparison. Yeah. So,
1: so to me, it's it's hypocrisy of hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy, it's hypocrisy of the highest uh, uh, order. Hypocrisy of uh, the highest order. In that, as you mentioned there, rightly, we had the likes of Pretty Patel who was found to have breached ministerial code. Yeah. And Boris Johnson decided he didn't like that. And uh, then Sir Alex Allen, who had filed the report and said, yes, she, she did breach ministerial code, then resigned in protest. As well as Hatmancock, Mancock, who, of course, was found to have acted uh, unlawfully. Yeah. And there was not a peep from the Tories about, yeah. oh, yes, you know what, they should probably resign, seeing as they broke ministerial code. But as soon as it's an opposition leader or opposition member, of course the knives come out. Now, yeah. I understand that's politics, but it's also hypocrisy. And it annoys me and frustrates me that we don't see the same, particularly from what are meant to be the unbiased media outlets. Yeah,
0: that's the disappointment.
1: The same sort of hounding and fervent coverage we saw of the Sturgeon proceedings, which was For many, uh, for much of the time last week, was the main
0: story on the BBC News uh, homepage? It was everywhere and people were so ready for her to be resigning the day after and now it's passed and there's barely chatter about it because everybody was completely incorrect. They'd overestimated it because they'd been whipped up into this uh, this huge state of uh, angst and anger over it and then it was a big disappointment. Uh, Today, we've discovered that Boris Johnson himself has... Literally in quotes, misled Parliament. Uh, a court order has has uh, has been released that says this. And are we going to see the same massive amount of inquiry and detail and headline after headline? Nah, it's going to be headlines today and then forgotten tomorrow.
1: So just before we wrap up and move on to something else, I saw the latest opinion polls from YouGov last night, which gave the
0: Tories a
1: thirteen-point oh, lead. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Corbyn just needs to go. He cannot gain any ground (laughs) on the Tories. These leftist policies are the problem. We need a more centrist Labour leader who will immediately catch up and overtake Boris in all the polls. So what I don't understand, and I
1: know we've raged against this in the past, is the fact that the Tories are so far in front, despite the fact over the last year, they've presided over, what, 120,000 deaths from COVID, yep. the cronyism and the handing out of billions of pounds worth of contracts
0: yep. to their pals. One, one of the worst um, COVID responses in terms of infection and death and in terms of economies. Yep. They sacrificed both for the cause of some cronyism, I guess. Yeah.
1: Breaches in ministerial codes, breaking the law, the whole Dominic Cummings thing, mm-hmm. everything that's happened over the last year and that's only skimming the surface and they are still actually increasing their lead. And I, yeah. it's frustrating but it's also a of the media coverage that a lot of these outlets give to the government, which is
0: incredibly disappointing. The, the endless positivity is is shameful. All, like every time the chancellor makes a move, he gets depicted as a superhero. He gets depicted well, did, did... as the perfect man, right?
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, just before we get to that, did you see the... Uh the fawning video we had of rishi sunak on the bbc news yeah, my this
0: goodness, week. i've never seen such a bunch of coddling <laughs> it was terrible i was i was cringing the whole way through like the guys made mistakes and the best they could do was be like he's made some mistakes but we think he's perfect <laughs> <laughs> he's just the nicest politician you'd ever meet everybody likes him <laughs> i don't like him <laughs>
1: Okay, right, let's talk about the budget. We'll spend as little amount of time on this as possible. Uh, This is the news that the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, has announced his budget for uh, the next, I want to say parliamentary term, but certainly a decent chunk of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his main focus, according to this article, is on people's jobs and finances. Absolutely. So this starts then with the news that furlough is being extended until September... So that pays 80% of employees' wages for the hours that they can't work. Which is funny, James, because
0: isn't everything meant to be going back to normal on June 21st? Yeah. Isn't it strange that they're planning... These dates don't match. Yeah, but I'm glad that they're planning ahead of, like, ultimate failure again. It's nice to know that at least they've got a fallback plan of, like... Furlough has already been extended. They're not going to have to try and scramble to extend it when something goes disastrously wrong.
1: Indeed. Okay. So, linked to that, then is uh, more money, an extra almost two billion to help vaccinate every adult in the UK by the end of July. It is one thing. I will say, I I saw the news this morning that uh, Italy have blocked an AstraZeneca shipment of vaccines, which were meant to be going to Australia. Oh, yeah. And instead of uh, taking it for themselves, but that's because the EU have botched. Their rollout of the vaccines quite horrendously, yeah. whereas in the UK
0: we actually seem to be doing a decent job. Yeah, UK, the US, they've like for some for some reason done a good job of this one thing. A bit late. It's good to it's good to like put out the fire at the last possible second I suppose but you know I would have preferred no fire in the first place okay we also had some uh,
1: extra 20 quid for universal credits uh, every week and also James though the news this uh, this morning this is friday by the way uh-huh. that the any staff, or rather every NHS staff member, was to get a 1% pay rise in England.
0: 1%? Wow! Which uh,
1: one of the uh, nurses I saw on Twitter today said that would equate to about an extra six quid a week, which doesn't actually cover the parking she has to pay for in the hospital in which she works. Yeah. Uh, The British Medical Association says a 1% pay rise is a kick in the teeth. It is. And the, the
0: Royal College of Nursing has set up a strike fund. So this has gone very well. Well, yeah, it's it's because it is actually a massive, massive insult, um, especially when you know, as as actually Mister Starmer has pointed out, believe it or not, he's opposed the thing, um, the likes uh, of oh wait, yeah, the likes of Dominic Cummings received a, like a forty grand pay rise. Yep, uh, MPs have been receiving pay rises every like every year for I don't know how long since twenty twelve or whatever. Um, but we can't, we can't fund our nurses and we can't fund our hospital staff, who are the only reason that more of us are not dead <laughs> this year. It, it is an
1: insult. And I'm seeing one of the, uh, I believe it's the health minister, defending the fact that this was actually all that we could afford. Mm, I'm
0: sure. No, you, No, it's not. Yeah, I'm sure it's all that we could afford after we sent billions to our friends. As soon as we'd already spent a bunch of money on fake projects that our friends wanted money for, we only had this much left for you important people.
1: Okay, so overall feelings in the budget, I know it's something
0: which (sighs) is unlikely to have an instant impact on many of us. It is underwhelming. Their income tax threshold freeze. They've raised the threshold, but then frozen it is... Eh it's kind of just like a tax on the on the poor and tax on the middle class but like disguised. Okay. Uh, they're again same for the corporation tax and uh, the way they've raised tax on corporations just kind of ends up coming out of the pocket of the workers because it makes it very easy for the corporations just to like lower wages and stuff like that. Um, all of the ways that they've tried to pretend to be progressive with their tax is going to end up hurting the lower middle class yep. and, the, and the poorest of the of the taxpayers um they need to they need to just start focusing on on the on the youth and those but they're not going to because their votes are all old people and their votes are all money
1: <laughs> okay let's move on we've got a few more stories to get through let's talk about uh u.s saudi relations and this is relating to the murder of the journalist jamal khashoggi yeah which is almost three years ago now back in 2018 a u.s intelligence report has found that the saudi crown prince Kel Sapriz, Mohammed bin salman approved the operation oh, wow to capture or
0: kill Mr. Khashoggi. Man, and the earth did quake with the revelation. And the grass was green. Man, what was it? The CIA told us this two years ago. Everybody else in the world knew this the day after it happened. Uh, I think we actually talked about the fact that this was him maybe a week after it happened. The initial report since... (laughs) we're coming out. And it 3 years later, here we are. We've got the report. And what's the US going to do about it? What's Biden going to do about it? Oh, no, no, nothing. No. Nah. We won't do anything because it might harm our relations a bit too
1: much. <laughs> right. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in just a second. So this report comes from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence which says that uh, the Crown Prince's control of decision making in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia as well as other Key members of that family were basically the reason behind killing Khashoggi because he was a, a severe critic of the royal family. Yeah, And so they
0: decided, you know what? Let's get get rid of them because that's how we do things. Yeah, and it legitimately is. And now we've got yet another report that says that's what happened. Right, so... Nothing is going to happen in retribution.
1: Well, in in retaliation, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, imposed (laughs) visa restrictions on 76 individuals.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) Yep, who have been uh, engaged in threatening people overseas. And who may well have been linked to the killing of Mr. Khashoggi.
0: Yeah, it's almost like... That is completely a different thing. And they needed that anyway, no matter in the results of this report.
1: Yeah. And then linked to that, it was from the New York Times who reported the Biden administration would not be penalizing the crown prince for the killing of Mr. Mm -hmm. Khashoggi, who was working for the Washington Post at the time. Uh, The White House have apparently decided that such action, as you say, James, would have too high a cost. (laughs) On the U.S.-Saudi relations uh, regarding the likes of counterterrorism and other interests in that area of the Middle East, it's just so weak. It is absolutely weak. Can we talk about Biden uh, bombing Syria? Oh yeah, he did that without doing. Did he not? I don't think he told anyone or he didn't ask anyone. I'm not sure. He didn't
0: tell Kamala. Kamala apparently didn't know that they were going to do a drone strike until afterwards. Right. Um, And generally, you want your VP to 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 know these things, I guess, because it's kind of like. Teamwork, you know. Yeah, it's only a true drone strike if we're all in this together. Okay. So there's
1: there's a couple of things about this. I, I I'm unable to find any sort of quotes or think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure Biden was was making it clear that he was all for you know restoring the peace. In the Middle East, Indeed. and, and uh, absolutely steering clear
0: of military involvement at any cost. Yeah, but we forgot he was a Democrat. He had <laughs> us convinced that maybe he wasn't just a normal Democrat. <laughs> it doesn't matter who is in charge of the U.S. They will bomb people. Yeah, that is um <laughs> that's true. It's just what happens. We've, I guess, like I know because it was a very popular headline. Shortly after that, they cancelled the. And, and a second drone strike because they got reports of women and children in the area. So, hey. Well, they, actually, they had a <laughs> they conscience. Didn't kill, they didn't kill all the people they could have. They only <laughs> killed some of them.
1: Well done. The thing is, though, if Trump had done this, there
0: would have been outrage from well, everybody. Trump did this. Trump did this. Trump, Trump increased total number of drone strikes, I believe. Okay, well, Obama was also a big fan of the drones. He was. Like, I'm not trying to say, what about Trump or what about Obama. Obama. Terrible Trump, terrible Biden. <laughs> turns out also terrible. They just the like Trump also uh, removed some regulations on drone strikes. Trump, as much as people try to give him credit for like bringing peace to places, he really liked the drones, and don't forget that he 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 increased it in a lot of ways. Well, I'm sure as as you say, any U.S.
1: president likes to bomb things, and there is decades of evidence for this. Yeah. And they need to stop. My point is, though, that places or media outlets which would have gone to town on Trump authorising a drone strike without going to Congress or without telling
0: his VP were strangely subdued. Quiet. They were very quiet about the drone strike that happened. And then as soon as Biden cancelled a drone strike because maybe there was women and children there... Yeah, headlines. Biden's a good guy. He he only did half the drone strikes that he intended to. Okay. Well, on that cheery
1: note, let's uh, bring it back <laughs> to the continent. And let's talk about uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, or if I'm doing my French accent, oh. Nicolas Sarkozy. Oh, good job. <laughs> There's a, here's a question. There were times at uh, STV back in the day when I was uh-huh. still trying to, to be famous, when the conversation would come up as to people's names or places who were from a different country. And do we say their... Right, what do you do? Do we give them the pronunciations that they would say in their country, or do we just give the anglicized version? So Anglicized, 100%. So, for example, Paris Saint-Germain becomes Paris Saint-Germain, or some rugby team who were basically Raman was given all the all the big licks with the French accent and everything right It was a French rugby team called in English racing 97.
0: Oh yeah, Racing
1: 07. <laughs> in French in French it's Racing. Yeah. 97. <laughs> yeah. And so then there's there's this huge like debate over oh why well, you been on a French accent for the news. You're like, well that's the, that's what the team's called. Well no, guys, his, like, his name's not Jesus Navas, his name is Jesus Navas.
0: Yeah, it definitely is about anglicization where where that's the norm, right? Okay. You don't break the norm to pronounce the original. Otherwise we wouldn't be calling Japan Japan. It wouldn't even have a G in it. <laughs> That's true. Or a pan. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there is this line where like, is currently the normal, do that. Try and shift towards adopting slowly. But you don't want to like confuse the masses by saying like, Nihon. <laughs> okay. So let's move on and talk about Nicolas Sarkozy. Uh, who is the French president,
1: former French president, who's been found guilty this week of corruption and influence peddling, sentenced to three years in prison, two of them suspended, meaning he can spend his one-year prison sentence Uh, under house arrest. So he was uh, the president from 2007 until 2012, and uh, the court found him guilty of playing an active role in forging a corruption pact with his lawyer, and essentially getting a senior judge on site to get inf- information into political donations of his of his
0: opposition. Yeah, pretty bad. So uh, the, the three of them essentially collaborating to break the law. Indeed. And you think that when people break the law, they get, like, sent to jail? <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> so. Know. Something like the leader of a nation being corrupt. <laughs> You'd hope for more than just, like, just stay at home for a year. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So his... Uh his
1: supermodel-turned-singer wife, Carla Bruni, put on Instagram afterwards. uh, What relentless nonsense, my love. The battle continues, the truth will out.
0: Fake news. The news is false.
1: Mr. Sarkozy, who had uh, actually, in repeated terms, called the charges an insult to his intelligence. Turns out he's not very smart. (laughs) Indeed. But James, why is it? And this is a really obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why is it that
0: these rich and powerful and important people don't get put to jail? Because the laws are only in place to keep the poorers in their place. Hello and welcome to my TED Talk. That's it. That genuinely is everything. It's just yeah, about it. is keeping it. the poorers stamped down on.
1: Indeed. Or if we just want to kill the person, we uh, send them to prison, turn off all the cameras, uh, make the security cards, go on their break. And Jeffrey Epstein happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But that is also to keep the poor's in their place because you don't want to risk your status because of one of your people messed up so bad that the poor's might revolt. This is getting deep. Okay, <laughs> It's all about keeping the poor's poor. Life sucks, James. Like, this is terrible. Yeah, we can Do laugh you know... at it, though, right? It's hilarious. Ha, ha, ha.
1: I think if you, if you think, if you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. I know that's a cliche,
0: but it's true. Yeah, you can do both. Just append lol at the end of all the things you say.
1: <laughs> Just add the monkey face emoji and, you know, you can hide your interference and <laughs> hilarity. Okay, one more cheery story before we move on. Let's go. Shamima Begum, this is the, yeah. uh, the teenager who had left the UK for Syria to join the Islamic State group. Uh, will not be allowed to return and fight her British citizenship case. That is according to the Supreme Court. Yep. In a unanimous ruling, mm-hmm. they decided her rights were not breached when she was refused permission to return. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Shemima, who is currently 21, wants to come back to challenge the Home Secretary's decision to remove her British nationality. Yeah,
0: which actually... Uh, sh- Originally, I agreed with that, but I've I've done a one eighty.
1: Well, well, to me, yeah, I, I would say and I'll hear your I'll hear your thoughts in a second. But just to give you the the further context, she and two other schoolgirls left the UK when they were fifteen. Yeah, traveling to Syria to uh, to join IS, and then several years later, after she had a kid, she decided she wanted to come back, but
0: didn't want to apologize for the whole terrorism thing.
1: Indeed, and the Home Secretary said, "No, yeah. you're no longer British." Yeah. Sorry, she didn't say no. She said no. So, yeah no yeah <laughs> you're no longer british so the supreme court now saying that she uh the home secretary was right and that miss begum uh well, is no longer a brit n- not
0: quite no no they're not they're saying that she is not allowed back into the country uh f- during the appeal trial to fight that if the appeal trial comes out that the decision was wrong she's allowed back in she's a british citizen again uh they're saying you're not allowed back in the door until it's been decided because I guess once she's in, it's kind of hard to, to to get her back out again if it's found right. that it wasn't an illegal move or whatever. So I think that I think this is another story that's been misinterpreted by the popular whatever something. I don't really know because I've seen a lot of people being like, she's a British citizen, and I'm like, this wasn't about the actual citizenship. This was about whether she's allowed to be at the appeals okay. trial in person.
1: But but the original decision
0: was. About her citizenship. So, Indeed. So you say you, you've done a 180. Explain that 180. I have. Uh, originally, I was all for it because I think that if you are uh, an unapologetic terrorist, uh, you probably need to have the book thrown at you. And and in my uninformed brain, I thought that having a book thrown at you would be stripping your nationality. How dare you? <laughs> You're an old patriot. But that's meaningless. <laughs> it's just a stupid label that lets you decide who is where and where they live. Yeah. Um, what, what the original decision did is it removed our responsibility as a country to punish her or, to, or any responsibility over her, and it made it everybody else's problem to deal with her. So instead of it actually being throwing the book at her, it was like, we're too lazy to throw the book at her, you guys deal with it, which is pretty detestable. What we should do is allow her to be a citizen, let her return, and then book, smash, right? Prison. Whatever you know, an actual p- punishment. Whereas right now it's just like yeah, everybody else deal with it. She's just free to do as she pleases, so long as it's not here. Okay, well I'm glad we're aligned on that. Yeah, and I- I'm glad that I've had this chance to reflect on previous things I've said, and it will be on the podcast. Um, Good. I not long after the recording probably started to question my own opinion, and we're revisiting it now. And I was just I was just completely wrong. It is it is completely stupid to try and lazily pass the buck on to other nations to deal with a problem that happened within your borders.
1: Admitting uh, your opinions you had were wrong and that there are better ones is a good life lesson.
0: May it be known that I can change my mind. (laughs) Let's
1: move on to Not Terrorism and talk about what we've been watching this week and James, remarkably, I actually don't have anything finished this week. I am two episodes away. You did a, you did a gym from. I've done a gym. I am two episodes away from finishing One Division, which is the Marvel TV show. Uh, the final episode actually airs tonight. If anyone is watching along, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my thoughts for next week. Yeah. But it's it's testament to the show that I'm still watching. Yeah. So I'll,
0: I'll that's as much as I'll say on it. But James, have you finished or seen anything this week? I actually know some you can review, Colin. What? You've watched some Lindsay Ellis videos.
1: I have.
0: A YouTuber. Might as well might as well use that. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Basically,
1: if you like long-form analysis of big Hollywood movies or cultural topics. Or cultural topics, but I've not gone to those yet. I've started with the movies because they're easy. Yeah. Then watch Lindsay Ellis on YouTube because she is very clever, indeed, and very insightful, absolutely. And broke down for for me in the case of I think it was about an hour twenty, like three separate YouTube videos, mm-hmm. why the Hobbit, the three Hobbit movies were so bad. And she explained it so clearly. I thought that, that makes so much sense. This is it. Just worked. That was. It's like this is why the movies sucked. You're right, Lindsay.
0: Everything. <laughs> Let me sign up to your Patreon. At one of the one. Of- <laughs> <laughs> do you stream one of the best analyses on the Hobbit? Honestly, yeah, it was it was great,
1: uh, and it was the, the kind of thing I finished and thought, okay, well, that was that was long, but it was brilliant. Yeah, I'm gonna watch some more, absolutely. And so I have been, but uh, the, uh, yeah, I'm gonna save one division for next week. James, what have you been watching?
0: We've talked about this film before, and specifically, you have. I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Hey, with Shia LaBeouf. Hey, with Shia LaBeouf. Okay, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I forgot the, act- the actor's name, Zach no. Gottsagen Okay, I won't even remember that now i've already forgotten it um it is one of the most charming films i've seen in in ages and ages and ages very early on in the film they establish this isn't a realistic story but you're gonna love it yeah and then it turns out this isn't a realistic story but you do love it um they, they set the universe completely soundly and they set the characters very soundly you see early on that the characters aren't 100 realistic but that's good Um, They set early on the different uh, emotional drives of the different characters, and then they stick to them, and that's good. Uh, Overall, I enjoyed every minute of the film, all the acting, all the dialogue, all the stupid decisions that people made, including the supposedly sensible character. Um, it, It was just so good and so well done, and it deserves all the acclaim it got. It deserves the kind of unexpected hype it received. Uh, after it came out and the and the, and the uh, somewhat immense profit it made uh, based off that popularity
1: yeah i would agree it's if you recall my review i thought it was great very very sweet well yeah. acted great story and shia labeouf is a phenomenal actor and i'm a big fan of his yeah if you ignore all the transformer stuff actually in the first one he's okay
0: even the transformer stuff he's just doing what he was told to that is true um now, one of the really cool things about the film was for me the setting. Okay, Florida. Well, the, off uh, some a chain of islands or whatever off of a Florida, right? <laughs> um, th- now, th- I because I, I'm a bit I'm a, I know random stuff. I know that that as a area or as a chain of islands was very isolated from the rest of the U.S. They've developed their own dialect to such a degree that it is unique from anywhere else. All this stuff. Um, So seeing that place uh, represented so accurately was really cool. Uh, You can tell that the people behind the film cared to not just have the characters be real, but also have the place be real and unique in terms of films. Um, Music was well done. Uh, Everything was just really well done.
1: Okay, right. We've had uh, one review come in from a listener. It is six seconds long and it's a review (laughs) (laughs) of... A day to remember's new album. Now, to give you some context, right. This comes from Chris, and uh, A Day to Remember were one of my formative bands when it comes to uh, the latter years of high school, right. And the early years of uh, university and living by myself. Okay. So you know they've they've been it's a, a they've been a, made a big impact in my life. It's a meaningful review this is. And after after five years since their previous release, their new album, You're Welcome, is out today. <laughs> uh huh. I've listened to it. Uh, Chris has listened to it. Here is his review. Right. I can confirm this a did remember album is
0: straight garbage. <laughs> and that's all we need from the review. I wouldn't ask for that's... more. Uh, I would I would ask oh. you for more though. Can you give us an equally succinct? Uh, review of your own thoughts
1: i will will keep it succinct but it's going to be longer than six seconds a day to remember are a good example of a band who in their late teens and early 20s were writing angsty teenage emo stuff lyrically you connected with it because you were kind of feeling the same thing now almost i'd say 15 maybe almost 20 years later
0: they're still kind of writing the
1: same stuff
0: okay and they're
1: all in their 40s
0: so it kind of crosses a line into it just doesn't work anymore it's like the Blink-182 effect.
1: Essentially, yeah. When you realise Mark Hoppus is nearly 50, you can't be singing What's My Age Again. Yeah. You know? Also, that song came out in 1999, which is disgusting, by the way, but anyway. <laughs> the, the problem with the day to remember is that they tried to do something different and write stuff which sounds more like Imagine Dragons as opposed
0: to what they were known for. Oh, no. Which is
1: like the heavy, heavy stuff with a nice
0: singable chorus. And they were very good at that. Right, so they tried to make approachable, approachable rock. They tried to
1: make, yes, they tried to make kind of uh, the kind of stuff they they played on XFM. Radio,
0: radio rock, or,
1: yeah. Or, or serious Octane in the, the States. <laughs> this kind of radio-friendly... Uh, It's got some guitar, but it sounds a bit like Ed Sheeran, yeah, sort of sort of stuff. And it's nothing like they've done. It is nothing like they've done before. And on this fourteen track album, I would say there are two songs which you would say are kind of, oh yeah, that's the that's the classic a day to remember. I remember, Uh but uh, but the rest of it is just them clearly realizing, okay, there's a much bigger market out here than just metal.
0: Let's make some money, which is a shame. Because... Money is appealing, though. <laughs> it is appealing. Because, by the way, it technically can buy happiness. Because, like, it lets you brush your teeth good and buy good shoes. And what else do you need? That's about it, really.
1: So so my problem is that the band have failed to evolve in terms of their lyrical content, but also have a ch- have changed their, sh- their sound to the extent that they're not recognisable from the band I used to like. Ah. And now... They're, they're, they will be in the process of losing their original fans, but I'm sure gaining a much wider audience now that they're more palatable. Yeah, yeah. That they're, they're more easily accessible. Absolutely. And I understand that from a business perspective. I completely get that because it means that... Yeah. As a professional businessman, oh, I can yeah. confirm this strategy is good. And, and if you're a band who realize, okay, we're onto something, we write good stuff... You want to find out, well, how can we make more money? Mm-hmm. And to do that, you make stuff which is less screamy and more singy. Yeah, absolutely. But in the process, you you lose your OG fans. So that's our advice, James. Let's just stick to what yeah. we do on this show. <laughs> Let's not
0: yeah. start giving out prizes. Otherwise, we might be called garbage.
1: Hot garbage. Okay. Yes. Well, if you've got anything you would like to review, please send it to us in audio form like Chis did, or you can email us, seesawparade at gmail.com, with whatever you've been uh, consuming this week, whether that was a, an album, a McMuffin, or a film, TV show, doesn't matter. Just let us know what it was.
0: Yeah, did you try a new cereal? You know, let us know. I
1: tried white Cocoa Pops, and they are disappointing. Oh. Okay, let's move on. Quite. Quite.
0: Disappointing. We've
1: got a a few entertainment stories before we wrap up. Let's start with um, the Golden Globes, which honestly I don't really care about.
0: But this briefest, the briefest of visits. Okay,
1: so the big winners were *Nomadland*, which is the movie which stars Frances McDormand as a homeless woman traveling through America. Ah, yeah. Uh, I believe she also won Best Actress, and Chloe Zhao was named Best Director, becoming only the second Indeed. female winner of that prize in Globe's history, which is uh, which is wild. And then also you had Borat's subsequent movie film, which is the sequel, which also won a couple of big prizes. It was named Best Musical or Comedy. And Sacha Baron Cohen in his speech mm-hmm. thanked the all-white Hollywood for impress <laughs> uh, referring to the fact that uh, the organisation currently has no black members at all. So yeah, that's uh, that's basically the Golden Globe. So let's move on. Spider-Man 3, the new uh, or the upcoming Marvel movie, now has a name. If you remember the first one, James, it was called yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. Second one. I do, I remember that. Spider-Man Far From
0: Home. What's the third one called? Spider-Man Homeless. <laughs> Spider-Man Homesick. Homeslice. Oh, clo- close, close, close enough. No, it's not. It's uh, <laughs> actually called No Way Home. It's the same, very, like the first... It's title, Homecoming. It has meaning behind it, but very vague meaning. High school. Second one, yeah, it's kind of vague. Spider-Man goes pretty far away. (laughs) This one, yeah, kind of vague. Spider-Man's kind of like far away, but doesn't know his way back. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're trying to get more and more generic every time, but I like that they're sticking to their theme. And as we have just described, it's got a lot of uh, opportunities. It's even got sponsorship opportunities. If Spider-Man ever as a franchise is struggling home base can get in on the action
1: <laughs> spider-man home base <laughs> i watched that movie okay penultimate story let's talk about space jam wow james this is the upcoming movie uh, oh, fe- uh, featuring shame. featuring lebron james who is the yeah. uh, big basketball star of the day yeah
0: and uh, i want to say is it a remake or a sequel it's a sequel it's on its third director It's just a cash grab because because of the memes. Right, so so in
1: 1996, the original Space Jam was released, starring Michael Jordan, and I'm sure many of you remember fondly the movies. But the news this week, uh, as well as a host of images that were published, is that Lola, who is the female bunny... (laughs) This is the big news. (laughs) This is the big news. Is not going to be sexualized in the same way that <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> the original was. So, if PC I'm, PC culture is
0: taking over the world. Ah, uh,
1: blame the leftists. So, this is the if if you can cast your mind back to '96 or use Google. Yeah, Lola was the sort you of use
0: Google very carefully for this one.
1: <laughs> um, slightly busty bunny. Yeah. with her midriff out and quite the plump tail going on back there.
0: No, I, like I I was a young lad when I saw this film, and I can confirm, Lola Bunny was sexy. That's, yep, that's fair. <laughs> this is yeah. this is not this is not just this is not just uh, my opinion. This was the opinion of I don't know how many men and how many young women because this, th- th- it just it just kept going forever. It's kept going so long that when the internet found out that <laughs> Lola's reincarnation was probably not going to have equally sexy boobs, they complained. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. Oh. Yep. and you know, PC culture is getting blamed. Leftists are getting blamed that <laughs> a bunny isn't g- isn't going to be sexualized. Well, talking of
1: inanimate objects being sexualized, or or perhaps lack thereof, Mr. Potato Head, yeah. James. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with this one. First of all, media outlets reported this as Mr. Potato Head is just going to be pot- Potato Head from now on. Potato Head, and
0: yeah. people
1: people were yeah. very very offended that Mr. Potato Head How dare the leftist government <laughs> take away my potato's penis Well, yeah precisely when in actual fact this is the brand and the brand, the brand. have decided hey we're going to take away the, the name Mr. and just be called <laughs> Potato Head because we've <laughs> got lots of different varieties of Potato Head
0: there's lots of potatoes there's potatoes with penises there's potatoes with vaginas there's potatoes who probably have neither there may be potatoes with both <laughs> So we're gonna not have a Mister in the name, and so the <laughs> of the brand, right, right. So, but by
1: this point, it was too late. The damage was done. Hasbro tweeted out, "Oh, but guys, guys, Mister Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, there's still a thing. We've just renamed the brand." But it was too, it was too late. Yeah,
0: Mister Potato Head still has a penis. He does. Rest easy. Rest easy, <laughs> people of the world. He is just as sexy as he was before. <laughs> He's
1: just as manly. As he was before as well, and you know what? You can go. You could go wild. You could give your Mrs. Potato Head a moustache. You know, I know that's crazy, but you can. <laughs> but
0: this was the point that the right wingers were making. They had a meltdown talking about. It. I can't believe the kinds of things that that are getting labelled as, like, cancel culture or PC movements. It's the same as when all those, like, blackface episodes were getting removed by companies from their oh, yeah. broadcasting. And then it was called cancel culture. No, it's just companies trying to do token gestures. It's all meaningless. But everything gets, like, a massive amount of hype and a massive amount of anger. And it's n- none of it matters. Well, that, that's the thing. If you're getting angry that a
1: fictionalised toy potato... Yeah. That the brand name is no longer Mister and it's just Potato Head.
0: Yeah, or, or or your or your or your animated bunny isn't quite as sexy as before. If that is what's getting your engine revving, <laughs> you have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, you may be getting misled as to what really matters in the world. Indeed. But we will talk about it and enjoy the meltdown.
1: Okay, one final story. Then it's related to all this. Cancel culture is running wild with the Doctor Seuss books. Oh no! So this was the news.
0: Not socks and fox, <laughs> no. fox and socks
1: and boxing. <laughs> it's Locks. not. It's actually not fox and socks. It's six other books under the Doctor Seuss uh, banner, in which this week the publisher announced that they will be stopping selling certain books because of racist. <laughs> or insensitive portrayals of yeah. certain races.
0: Specifically the one I remember is the is those that targeted uh people who were Japanese Americans yeah. during World War 2. So while they were all being put into concentration camps and stuff like that, Dr. Seuss in his like whatever comics was like also joining in and making a, making a mockery of them.
1: Right, so funny funny enough, things that you said in the 1940s are no longer appropriate, but people have been- Yeah, imagine. I, I know, but people are very angry yeah. that Dr. Seuss is now being cancelled, despite the fact, as you say, James, e- this yeah. is the decision of a business who realise, hold on, this isn't appropriate anymore, we're going to stop. And so, as a result, we're going to stop selling these this. books. Are, are are flying off shelves left, right, and center as people cling on <laughs> to a bastion of
0: better days where racism was okay. Just, just love me some racism. I need to buy it. I know. And and it, it, as as you said, it's the the fact that it is a business decision. This has nothing to do with cancel culture. It's getting labeled as cancel culture anyway and it's the business doing the right thing because it yeah. is racist and it's it is work that the man himself whose real name is not Dr Seuss was embarrassed by in a biography about him or whatever that came out he 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 responded to it to the parts that highlighted these things to and um and had said that he was embarrassed by those things that he had done at the times because they were in that time uh, in quotes, appropriate, and were no longer. They weren't appropriate then. They aren't appropriate now. Yeah. Uh, perceptions have realised that they were never appropriate. He realised they were never appropriate. It's a bit of shameful that the business kept them going this long, even though it was an embarrassment before. Hey, but hey, now that they have it's it's cancel culture. I, I need to buy me children's comics that are racist. My potatoes that are anatomically correct.
1: Just as we wrap up here, it is just this... Uh idea or something that some people cling on to which is why can't the things that i used to say or the things i used to do be acceptable now yeah and it's because time moves on
0: language changes yeah and it's not because they used to be acceptable it's because people used to just stay quiet
1: yeah exactly
0: and not complain about the unacceptable thing you did for example i'll
1: just using my own experience here because i'm unqualified to talk about uh, any sort of racism or uh, racial slurs or the way that's changed. But let's take some homophobic slurs for a start. Sure. Things that used to be said 20 years ago as a punchline in comedy shows, which if you said now, would probably constitute a hate crime. Indeed. Depending on the, 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 the context. I, I think I could say it about myself, but I, I still wouldn't because I have self-respect.
0: Yeah, no, but that's, that's the big difference is that people complain because the gays can make fun of the gays. Right. Why can't I? And it's like, well, because you're doing it from a perspective that is outside of being gay. It makes a big difference like making fun of oneself or making fun of other people. And it's the idea that, you know, why can't I
1: say this stuff? You know, it used to be fine 15 years ago. And
0: it's not even 15 years ago. Things that used to be fine like four years ago are not fine because we've reflected on it and gone, hey, that's actually pretty (laughs) bad. And it's going to make people harm themselves or it's going to cause them direct harm,
1: you know? And, and, And part of me gets that because... Perhaps that person is clinging on to you know that time in their life which was particularly no. uh, fun or memorable or enjoyable, and you know things were great back then. But now all the things that they used to enjoy saying or making jokes about uh, is, from their perspective, being yeah. taken away from them. And so they'll fight these things. They'll fight the facts that yeah. you know Doctor Seuss's books are no longer acceptable. And the the retort is, yeah, but they were fine when I read them. You know, it was fine when I read them to my kids. Yeah.
0: And it is because it is hard to accept new education it's hard to accept that you used to be bad right um because it means that maybe you're bad now and you have to change or it means that you have to accept that you did harm and you might have to like deal with that for the rest of your life carry the burden of like i was a harmful person but the best thing you can do is carry that burden and then try and reduce harm for the rest of your life try and teach other people not to be harmful try and spread good messages and educate and all this stuff. The only thing to do when you're told you were harmful is reflect on that and learn from it, not try and reject it because it's more convenient.
1: Indeed. Welcome to Philosophy Parade. And that is where I believe we should end the show. Thank you all very much for listening. It has been a pleasure, as always, James. And dear listener, if you have any thoughts on anything we've discussed over the last hour or so... Or if you have a, re- a review or something you've seen or just want to say. Yeah. Then please write to us at Seasaw on Twitter or Cease at gmail.com. Or you, of course, can reach out to myself or James My
0: directly. So thank you. Speaking of, and since he's been in the episode, I, I did get a confirmation from Chiss himself that he was listening on Spotify. Oh, lovely. From that time that I actually asked people to do that. So thank you, Chiss. <laughs> Tremendous. Okay. Tremendous. Alright bye James Ciao